Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country, representing about a million employees, which is about one quarter of New Jersey's workforce. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage, because they are the official sponsor of the show. Amazing. Just a housekeeping matter or two before we get this thing rolling. Um, this podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, um, Amazon's TuneIn. We even put these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you watch the show, give it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review. Helps the algorithm help more people just like you. All that out of the way, our awesome guest today, from our friends at Sobelco is Chris Martin. Chris, say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank our you for being pleasure. here. Our pleasure. Okay, so um, today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? It can be food, <laughs> it can be movies, it can be TV, it can be books. Uh, who wants to go first? <clears throat> I want Kate to go first. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I am binging something a little unconventional. It's an older show called Lily Hammer. I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, it was the show that Stephen Van Zandt did right after The Sopranos. It's about a, um, a mobster from New York who turns state's evidence and goes into witness protection, and they put him at his request in Norway, in the town of Lillehammer in Norway, because he thought that the Olympics were so beautiful when they were held there. And he very quickly realizes that living in Norway is not at all like watching the Olympics on TV, which I'm sure you could have guessed, but he did not guess. And it's pretty funny. All right. Yeah. Why do they call it Lilyhammer if they never say it on the show? I think I'm not pronouncing it correctly. They say it Lilhammer or something. I can't. Uh, okay. I, they don't even spell <laughs> it the same way that it's spelled in the title of the show, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. And where do you watch it? Uh, it's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix, Netflix for okay. years. It's been on my like radar for years, thinking this would be fun to to watch at some point. Um, it it really is like watching Silvio Dante kind of try to navigate like a fish out of water in this crazy world where it's really cold all the time and people are mostly really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's good. Chris. Um, probably like most people, uh, right now watching Ozark, uh, we are waiting a while for this one since, uh, season three, I guess it's been a couple of years. So, uh, happy that it's back on, um, about four episodes in right now. I've got two young ones at home, so it's kind of hard to find uh, time to, to right. binge it in a traditional <laughs> sense, get, get through it in a weekend, but, uh, so far so good. Um, it, uh, Jason Bateman's really good in it. Uh, really enjoyed him and uh, the story is just crazy outlandish how you know how he's laundering money for the mexican drug cartel and you know doing this in, in midwest uh, america it's it's just really crazy what he gets into and uh you know, not a comedy but uh you know just outlandish the scenarios you know darkly funny yeah yes, yeah yes. It's, it's always amazing to me that it, it isn't a comedy because jason bateman is actually one of my favorite actors and you know he's just brilliantly funny he's got that deadpan you know, yeah. humor. And it, it plays so well into this more dramatic role. Like he's not trying to be funny, but those same skills really work in trying to be that guy that just keeps his emotions 
keeps everything locked in because yeah. his whole life at this point is just don't die. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't die. Yeah. Don't let the family die. Just tunnel vision going. Is yeah, this I mean, the last season? You know, it's they call it season four, part one. So I'm guessing there's another part. I don't know if there will eventually be a season five or if this is really it. But I mean, we're kind of without giving anything away from this particular season block, they are kind of beelining towards a conclusion, regardless of whether or not it works out for anybody. And I don't know. Okay. So I don't know anything. I haven't finished this season and I don't know where they're going with the next part of it, obviously. But do you think this ends in a happy way for Jason Bateman and his family? <laughs> like, do you I think mean, this, he gets this, this out might, from underneath? <laughs> this might be one of those shows where they, you know, the the main characters don't get out, right? Or yeah. you know, something, something really, you know, somebody dies or you know, something like that, really dramatic. Um, you can kind of see it going that way for sure. Because it just yeah. keeps escalating for them. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be entertaining television if it didn't. But I have to say that. Um, if if something bad happens to Jason Bateman at the end, like if he doesn't make it out, um, it's really bleak. Like he, the premise of the show is that his partner was laundering money for the Mexican drug cartel, did something bad or tried to skim off the top, got caught. The, the drug cartel pulled them both aside, killed the partner in front of Jason Bateman and said, now you now you work for us. He did not do anything bad to get himself in this situation it just was completely circumstance. So I wasn't he doing be... illegal things though. Like wasn't he involved no. in money laundering? Was somewhat Not involved. For them. Yeah. yeah. I didn't he think was so. definitely he wasn't like all the way up to doing that, but he was definitely. I mean, like you don't just like out of nowhere know how to be a brilliant money launderer. <laughs> like he was yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Walter White had to Google it, right? <laughs> exactly. Like Walter White at least had the the skill set from like the science class and everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, he needed his wife to help him with that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben, what are you uh what are you binging? I've been binging Canto. And um I, I know it's a movie and that's not the kind of thing you typically binge, but this is absolutely the new frozen. Like we we threw this on one day because Disney Plus was like, Hey, we got a new movie. And my daughter saw that and was like, Okay. For the next month, we're going to watch this two or 300 times. <laughs> and the rough part about it is that my wife loves it too. So, like, she'll put it on and, like, the soundtrack and everything, even when my daughter doesn't request it. And I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? That's true. So that's the, where I am in my life. What's it about? Oh my For those gosh. of us who don't have kids, sorry. Don't you yeah, know the yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, well... <laughs> You should te- you should definitely check it out. It, it's not it's it's definitely the kind of thing that adults can appreciate. Okay. Lin Manuel Miranda did the uh, the oh. score and soundtrack or whatever. Um, okay. So the songs are great, but it, it's basically about um, a family living in this I'm gonna call it like a mountain town. I don't know, and they have superpowers, and the superpowers are given to them by this candle, like this magical candle. And they use the superpowers to help the town. You know, they're they're a very good guy, superhero family or whatever. But the candle is going out. And so with it, maybe the magic that, you know, fuels their family is going out with it. And one of the characters in the family kind of goes rogue and is like, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with this. Whereas everybody else is like, no, 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 everything's fine. So 
Wow. Definitely check it out. Try not to watch it two or three hundred times in the course of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you compare it to Frozen, I mean, I cry like a baby when Frozen, like certain parts of Frozen, they still yeah. get me to this day. So Encanto, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Disney person, but um, yeah, I, every once in a while, I want to watch something that's going to give me all the feels, and so it's good yeah. To know I mean, it's it's got a little of that going on. I'm I. I'm secure enough in my masculinity that I can tell you that I cried during the the surface pressure song. You'll know when you get there. Okay. But, okay. But you know, like that was the first time. Now or two or three hundred times later, it's just like, <laughs> okay, I'm over it now. Let's let's move on. I'm at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you're nodding. You're familiar with Encanto? No, but uh, yesterday I was told we're watching it this week, and I have a uh, two and a half year old little girl and a, and a six year old uh, boy. So. Uh, you're giving into peer pressure at this point. Everybody's talking about it. It's on, you know, we, we ride at the Peloton. There's a Peloton ride. So it's like, you know, what are you missing at this point? You got to watch it. I mean, Frozen, I don't think I saw for like six years until yeah. you know, I had kids and, you know, able to enjoy it with them. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to get on board here soon. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Chris, good luck on that. But in the meantime, let us know what you do for Sobelco. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm a partner uh, in our accounting and auditing practice at Sobel. Uh, work with small to mid-sized family-owned businesses on their accounting and tax needs. Uh, specifically right now, I'm focusing on uh, the food and beverage sector. We've got a, a pretty large contingent of uh, clients in that, in that realm, anything from uh, manufacturers, distributors to supermarkets and, and retail. So uh, we're really making a concerted push to uh, grow that end of the practice, talking to a lot of good people across, you know, between banks and attorneys and just centers of influence uh, in that world, uh, just to, to get a better understanding of what uh, what companies out there, uh, what their struggles are, what their issues are, so we can try and find ways to help them. Um, so anything from uh, accounting, uh, audited financial statements, uh, cash projections, forecasting, uh, really just a whole slew of advisory services that we offer trying to help those types of clients. Interesting. That's such an interesting niche. I've never, I've never met uh, a CPA or an accounting firm that like was so focused on that, that particular niche. How did that come to be? Did you specialize in that in school or how, how did that happen? No. It's funny, I've kind of come full circle uh, from, from school or not from, from high school, college, where I actually worked at a supermarket um, and, you know, got it, got into accounting, went through, got my degree in accounting. And then uh, the, the first firm, I, I went out of the first firm I worked for, I left there and uh, found Sobel. And there was a need at that point for a manager uh, in our supermarket practice. We, we, we have a large contingent of supermarkets and it kind of fell into it that way. So I was working on the same uh, types of, of clients that I had worked in, you know, through high school and college. So it was kind of interesting to, to transition and get that side of things. Uh, and then from there, uh, we've continued to grow in that area, but also just seeing uh, the need for all of our other food and beverage related clients in our firm for uh, more specialized services, uh, you know, shared, shared knowledge across those clients. Uh, so, you know, we're making a push there. And there are other accounting firms out there that do have that specialty. Uh, you know, so we, we're, we're, we're looking to see what kind of resources are out there and, and grow from looking at others, but also, uh, you know, with our own ideas and different things that we can offer at the firm. Fascinating. 
What's the I've world never... of supermarkets been like in the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, you yeah. read about it in, in the news, you know, it's, it's all over the place. It was interesting because when I came into it, uh, the trend for the past, you know, 10, 20, 30 years was pretty, pretty steady growth, you know, two to 3%, uh, you know, kind of in line with the CPI, that sort of thing. Uh, and then you start hearing about all these different things going on with technology and, and new entrants to the market. You know, you've got international companies coming in like Aldi and Lidl. Uh, you know, then Walmart and Target, the bigger big box stores getting more into grocery. So uh, getting hit with a lot from a lot of different directions uh, at once. And then COVID hits and, you know, you're hearing, oh, supermarkets doing great. You know, everybody's going crazy at the supermarkets, trying to buy everything up. Yeah. Uh, but then you're hearing supply shortage and labor shortage, yeah. minimum wage increases. So um, while, you know, in the news, it may, may have seemed like supermarkets were doing really well with the amount of activity that was going on. Uh, you know, all these other pressures uh, pushing the other way really made it difficult for them. And it, that continues into, into 2021 and 2022. Any uh, relief on the horizon that you can see? Um, honestly, not really. I think a lot of those same uh, issues continue to be issues. Uh, you know, Amazon coming into things doesn't help, you know, when they're putting up stores all over the place and the technology uh, that they have and they're starting to offer. So you are seeing a lot of, um, you know, we'll say local supermarkets, uh, larger chains, we'll say, um, you know, trying to latch on to that and try to do their own thing and come out with this, you know, uh, cashierless technology and things like that, where you kind of just walk into the store, get your product and walk out without going through a checkout. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's making it difficult because, you know, Amazon has boatloads of money to be able to invest in that technology uh, while, you know, your, your local chains may may not have that. So, uh, you know, there's definitely still a lot of different pressures. Labor is, is a huge one that continues to be an issue for sure. I got to say the cashierless technology, it, I love it in theory. You know what I mean? But every single time I try to use it, I don't put the item in the bag quickly enough and the machine gets mad at me and I always end up having to try to find somebody to help me anyway. Like at this point, I would just much rather wait in whatever line that needs to be waited in so that I can talk to a person so that they can help me get the things I need to get. I'm not, I, I, I'm not a fan of the cashierless technology. Just saying. I, I pretty yeah. much only do that. <laughs> Unless really? I'm holding like an orange in my hand and I'm like, all right, I don't know what the hell to do with this. Like, you know. It's yeah, I still remember some of the codes from when I worked at the supermarket. Yeah. So that is like it's just four zero one one goes right out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I remember seeing, and I don't know if this is still the direction they're going in, but a few years ago, Amazon was talking about creating supermarkets where you literally just walk out of the store. Like there is no checkout. Like there's something that's scanning everything I'm holding as I'm walking out. And it's like, all right, we'll just charge your account like as you're walking out the door, you know? Um, that technology I, exists at the airport. Does there it are, really? Yeah. So the last couple of times I went to the airport, you know how they've got these like, um, I thought, stands? first of all, I thought you were going to be like, that technology is everywhere, Vinny. Get out of the backwoods. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No, okay. but like you swipe your credit card in order to get in, like there's yeah. a little thing and then something is watching and you, you grab a bottle of water, you grab a sandwich, you grab yogurt, whatever. There is no checkout. You leave with it without talking to anyone and it just charges your card for whatever those items cost. Yeah. It's fascinating and a little scary, but also kind of amazing. The future is here. 
<laughs> and, and that's and that's the technology where where it's going. I think with with Amazon, you're seeing some of the more local, you know, uh, supermarket chains starting to invest in it. So I think it's it's here to stay. How quickly you know it's able to be implemented is another thing, and how people latch onto it. But if they don't give you a choice because they don't have enough people working the store, uh, you know, to be able to check you out and, and help you and that sort of thing, you know, technology is going to be a big part of it. Yeah, I'll volunteer to uh, test it out because I feel like I'm the one that would break it. You know, I'd be in the store like and I'd pull five things off the shelf and then like I'd walk down the aisle, come back and be like, did I really need five? Here, let me put two back. And then like, you know, you'd be walking around the store and then you'd be like, do I really need this? No, I'll put that back. And then, you know, you forget where you found something and I'm just going to put that out there. Like maybe you just put it back wherever. <laughs> you know, so. Well, I, I feel the opposite. I, I do like supermarket sweep and see how many things I can grab out there <laughs> if they get it all. In theory, I'd like to say I'm quick, but then, you know, you, you regret things and you're like, no, 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 I, I didn't need five things of this, you know? Right. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Regret, like buyer's remorse before you can get to the checkout. Before you even check out. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see the computer trying to keep up with me. All right. So he put that back and then he took two. Did he take three? Right. Did he take four? Right. It looked like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna get banned. The, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, like at the airport when you've only got like two things that you're leaving with or three, that's very different from a cart full of your weekly grocery shop, right? Yeah. All right. So all that tangent aside, what are some of the big issues you know ever, your clients are facing these days? Um, I, I alluded a little bit to it before. The, the labor issue is a significant concern. I mean, we're seeing it in our industry in the accounting world. Uh, you know, people are able to to, to jump ship and, and go to other firms, larger firms, pretty easily. Uh, they're able to pay more money, you know, to to get to take some of our good people away, which is unfortunate. But um, you know, it, with a lot of the businesses we work with, like I said, I work with a lot of distributors, um, you know, retail. You know, they're they're among the hardest hit right now as far as this, um, you know, this labor issue that we're hearing about. Uh, not sure where everybody's going. Still haven't figured that out. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we know about unemployment and the, uh, you know, the the extra dollars that were coming through up until September of last year, but it, it hasn't seemed to, uh, you know, been a relief on that. I know. I mean, I know there's lots of people that just retired early and that sort of thing, just because they didn't want to deal with what was going on in the world, or you yeah. know, they could they could afford to do it a little early. Um, but you know, where, where are all the, you know, the laborers, you know, your 20 somethings, 30 somethings that were there before it's, it's been difficult. So uh, definitely one of the things that we talk to our clients a lot about right now. Yeah. I think, uh, people who retired are definitely one, one third of, of the, of the group. And I keep hearing too about uh, a huge chunk of women who left the workforce because their kids had to be homeschooled suddenly. And um, they realized that they could survive on the paycheck of their partner uh, because daycare suddenly, you know, how expensive daycare is. So you, you put the kid yeah. in school and then you've got aftercare. Um, a, a lot of women have not come back to the workforce yet. And I think that that is contributing um, sure. for better or worse, I think, for sure. Yeah. And kind of, kind of the opposite. You think this would be helpful, but we were talking about this yesterday. Um, we're hearing that you know people are you know working from home a lot more. Obviously now they're taking on you know second jobs you know without their other employer knowing. And then you know mostly I think this is more like college age kids, younger younger generation that has uh, you know has some flexibility and things like that, or working on like a contract basis where they 
just have to do one thing a day. And well, I can do I can do that one thing in an hour. So I'm going to go get another job where I could you know do something else. So we're we're starting to hear more of that. It's like we're thinking about it. it's like you know, well, do we have people that might be doing that sort of thing? But <laughs> in our world, I think it's a little bit more difficult. But uh, you know, I think it's definitely a concern for for employers. You know, the efficiencies and that sort of thing that we're losing right now with people working at home. Uh, you hear a lot about that as well. You know, what are people actually doing? You know, when they're at home, are they actually working for us? You know. Yeah. You would think that that would help the hiring right, crisis, right. whatever you want to call it, because you know now I've got one person looking for two jobs rather than two people looking for one. You know, but right. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Crazy, crazy world we're living in. I, that would never <laughs> occur to me to. I mean, we side hustles happen, right? You know, something you do on nights and weekends, but like to have a job that you would be expected to do between the hours of nine and five or eight and four and then accept another job that would have those same expectations that is um i wouldn't that would never occur to me it's amazing that, no. that, <laughs> i i was i was amazed by when we were talking about it yesterday just crazy unbelievable all right so i think we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to do something new And we're back, and today, my friends, is the beginning of a new era. Instead of playing a game, which is what we used to do, we're going to ask a second get-to-know-you question. And today, that question is, if you had to pick just one extracurricular or hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is a, kind of a hard one, but I'll go first if, uh, if you guys need more time to think. I, I could throw it out there. I, I'm I'm a big film guy, you know. Um, when you say extracurricular, that implies school. We didn't really have like film club in school, but if if I could just be in a group of people talking about movies like once a week, once a night, whatever it is, like however often it meets, forever, I'd do that. I should probably look into that. I'm sure those kinds of things exist. So, <laughs> There's so I Facebook with that stuff for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't mean school, but you're right. I guess extracurricular does imply school. Um, and yeah. you, what you just described totally makes me want to change mine, but um, that's okay. Chris, you want to go next? Sure. Um, if I had to pick more of a hobby, I, I guess, um, I go to a lot of concerts. I love music. Um, go to as many concerts as I can. The last two years have been rough, obviously. Cold play COVID. Band. Ah! Ah! <laughs> you get it in there somewhere. Yeah, I had to do that. Sorry. Had to happen. But... Right, right. Um, yeah, no, not a Coldplay fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, concerts and and the stuff that kind of goes around that. I, a lot of people I know have met through concerts, so I've built some great friendships. And uh, I'm an avid uh, concert poster collector, so I've got a pretty good a pretty good collection going. So I'll kind of put those in together, my my poster collecting and uh, you know going to concerts. What was the most amazing concert you've been to? Oh, uh, last year, Foo Fighters at Madison Square Garden, first first concert at the Garden since COVID started, um, first Foo Fighters concert that I've been to. I've been a fan since 95 when they came out with their first album. Uh, my six-year-old is a huge Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Somehow kind of brought me back into it and started listening to them with, you know, just through YouTube. So I uh, brought him. It was just an amazing overall experience. You know, it's, so, it's kind of funny, like a, a six-year-old coming to you and being like, have you heard of this band? They're amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's very so, cool. All right. So mine uh, was going to be horseback riding because I haven't done it since I was 
12, 13 years old. Um, but it was like athletic, you know, but I wasn't the one doing the running, which is really nice. <laughs> also, it can be very social or it can be kind of a thing that you could do solo. Um, yeah, so if I had to pick one thing, but I mean, that's what I thought of. And then you said your thing, Vinny, and now I'm like, oh, that would be fun. Like, or a book group, you know, like just read great books forever and talk to smart people about books. That would be really fun. I yeah. think I should just go back to college or something. Maybe. <laughs> I love the idea of a book club. We had a book club at NJBIA prior to the pandemic hitting. Um, but the problem with yeah. the book club is that like a book takes so long to get through, you know, um, yes. you can only do it like once. I think we only met like once a month, right? I thought it was every six weeks, but you might be yes, right. Ideally, like once a month and then in reality, a lot longer. Whereas yeah. like a movie, I mean, you know, you can make an expectation that somebody will carve out two hours in a week totally. to check out a film, you know. Um, yeah, I was thinking along the lines of like a Netflix kind of a thing too, like Netflix club. But that's the same problem, you know, to, yeah. to tell everybody you got to carve out the eight, nine hours, you know, maybe I don't know if it would work. Yeah. yeah we, we do a book club at uh at Sobel and what we do sometimes like especially during our busy season is uh do like podcasts uh you know listen to this podcast or a lot of it around like leadership and, and things like that some soft skills um so it's really kind of easy to find stuff like that TED talks um so that seems to go over pretty well that's really good I like it definitely um recommend other people's business for the next uh podcast club kind of thing you know <laughs> that, that may be on the list it sounds familiar <laughs> all right is there anything coming up you want to promote um yeah i mean we're, we send out a lot of different things from sobel uh you know tech updates with what's going on in tax legislation we're doing, doing a lot on the food and beverage side as i mentioned so um sign up for our newsletters uh we try to be really timely with that stuff we're doing uh some video series as well we've got a news in a minute series uh you know when there's breaking type of news that comes out, um, business related, tax related. Um, and then we've got our Sobel Insight series on YouTube as well, which uh, which is really good as well. About 15 minute videos, nice and short, so people can get what they need, get some good information and uh, get on with their day. How does somebody sign up for the newsletter if they want to? Yeah. Uh, through our website, uh, or you could just contact me directly. I don't know if you guys, email address you can give out or um hey yeah. you know, however you want to like tell people to connect yeah, with you sure. me, go ahead we, we yeah, had somebody who stopped the show cold one time she's like can i share my phone number <laughs> you can share however you want yeah no uh my email is uh chris c-h-r-a-s dot martin m-a-r-t-i-n at sobolco llc.com uh just just reach out to me that way and uh i'll get it to the right place perfect cool. all right I think that's the show. Thank you to our listeners, especially our subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Uh, thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thank you to Chris Martin of Sobel Co. for joining us today. It was such a treat. This was great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.